When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For all hard rock, heavy metal bands needing worldwide exposure at affordable prices, online metal promo PR is taking bands from the underground to above ground. Visit their official website at onlinemetalpromo.net. Onlinemetalpromo.net. Welcome to Rat Cell Review. Today we are here with Stu Marshall from uh, a plethora of bands. You have so many bands. <laughs> Thanks, Wayne. Thanks yeah. for uh, taking the time to have a chat, mate. It's great to be here. Yeah, no problem. And uh, actually, you're wearing a shirt of one of your bands right now, Night Legion. Now, uh, Night Legion, uh, you're releasing a new album with that band? Yeah, so um, I guess that's where the Arkenstone tie-in comes in. Uh, yeah. We are releasing a new album with Massacre Records. We re-signed with them. Uh, and the second album will be out in the first quarter next year. Oh, very cool. Now, did is it's? I was reading your, because uh, I'm friends with you on Facebook, actually, and I was reading a post that's been like 20 years or something since you had a, a, an album out with uh, that band. Uh, yeah, so um, what had happened was this is actually the first time in 20 years I've released an album without mixing it. Oh, ah, okay, yeah. So... I've, you know, been lucky enough to release, um, I think about 15 releases in the last 10 to 12 years with different bands and I've mixed them all. And right. um, there's an inherent horror when, <laughs> right. when, when you, um, when you mix it, uh, usually that the, the truth of that is, is that it's to save money right. um, yep. because, you know, getting uh um, you know, a genius like Andy Sneap or, or someone like that can cost, you know, 30, 40 grand. So in the bands I've been in, uh, I, I have an interest, I've had an interest in mixing. And, and so I thought, you know, I'll give it a go. But it's inherently difficult because you write the music and you really just want to hand it to someone else to color it. Whereas, um, and I also take all the hits when people say the production sucks. So um, <laughs> right. you're sort of going, oh, do you like my songs? Oh, and do you like the production? So this is a wonderful opportunity. Uh, we're working with an incredible engineer and, and studio, um, Monolith Studios, and just this morning I got the final mixes through from them and uh, yeah, I got a bit emotional, to be fair. It felt very good to hear them and and uh, listening to them. It was, uh, you know, in the studio was, was amazing. So, yeah, mate, first album in 20 years I haven't mixed, which is wonderful for me. <laughs> yeah. Actually, uh, my band, uh, our singer, he does all the mixing and mastering, but he loves doing it. You know, I, I go ahead, do it <laughs> if you want. 
but he's good at it and uh you know he likes it is that something that did you like learn to do that while you were uh you know recording music or did you know how to do that already or did you go to school uh, i did learn yeah i i learned the hard way by making so many mistakes i think uh, um the, the first, the album that I referred to in that post was um, a solo album called Songs of War and Vengeance. Okay. Um, that when I say solo, I wrote all the music and then I had singers come in and write all the lyrics and melodies. So, um, you know, certainly a shared solo project. But the production on that first album for me is really hard to listen to now. Um, but at the time, it was the best I could do. And, and it sort of progressed and, and increased from there, mate. So, right. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Uh, so uh, what's going on with Arkenstone? You got a, a new album coming out with them or what's going on? Yeah, so the Arkenstone EP uh, was released. Oh. I think it's, sorry, it's a bit blurry. Uh, came out last year um, and it got some great reviews and some nice, uh, it, this was born out of COVID, right? So, right, okay. you know, we couldn't tour, we couldn't do any of that sort of stuff. So I had a lot of material left over from the last Death Dealer album and I approached a guy called Louis, Louis Georgievsky, the singer, who I worked with in Empires of Eden, uh, and we, we got together and did some music. So um, we did the EP with View to do an album, mm. and we started writing for an album, and I kind of looked to my left-hand side, and I'm like, hang on, I've got to do a second Night Legion album. There's a label. They're, they're begging for the album. Why not? And, and we had a separation with the singer um, in Night Legion. Uh, singer and the drummer are in a, another successful band called Darker Half. Okay. And they took off on touring and they were quite busy. So getting that album sort of took two years of, of writing um, requests, but really not getting anything back. And it's because the guys were too busy. I understand all that. There's no bad blood. Um, but I needed to get an album done. So uh, we had a talk they moved on and the lead singer position was free and Louis came in um, to, to a full-time Night Legion role mm. and we've taken some of that material and it's now become the Night Legion album. So the great thing about Arkenstone is that it's there for us, you know. Right, uh, right. If we want to do an album next year, we can. The style's slightly different. So with Arkenstone, it, it's it's a little bit more old-school Candlemas, old-school Man of War, Oh, cool. um just dark powerful uh kind of evil heavy metal whereas the night legend stuff you know it's it's a bit more queens it's a little bit more halloween it's a bit more up and um so that's a cool thing about those two two singular projects is what they are yeah, yeah very cool now you mentioned man of war and you're in uh death dealer with ross the boss how is that uh working with ross the boss or being in a band with ross the boss Look at my face, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dream come true. It's um, it's been ten years now with Death Dealer, right. um, and it's 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 been a dream come true all the way through. Not only working with Ross, uh, but you know, um, being privileged to be one of the 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 few people that have ever played guitar with him on stage in a band. He's always been in a one guitar band. Right. Um, you know, we we write off each other. So uh, apart from the fact that I've idolised Ross my whole life, you now we've become buddies and, and um, he'll throw down a lead and I'll work off that and then he'll come back to me and ask me to critique what he's played. And So we have this great symbiotic guitar thing happening. Um, but also too, Death Dealers, you know, me and Sean Peck. Um, right. I don't know if you know, I know people know Sean through various projects like uh, Cage, his band Cage, and um, also the Three Tremors. And 
you know, Sean's an incredible powerhouse, great writer, great lyricist, yeah. um, and a great teammate too. You know, he's very enthusiastic. And, and as you know, in a band, uh, it's great to have enthusiastic guys that, um, you know, over the course of a year, the energy needs to continue in a band. It's always right. very, very difficult, as you as you well know. So, oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, Sean, has, Sean has a, a lot of enthusiasm. <laughs> he does. He's great. You know, if, if and here's the other beautiful thing too, and I'm sure you can relate being in a band. You know, you write a song, you send it to the singer. In two days, I get vocals back. Right, right. I don't, I don't have to badger anybody to get stuff done. So right. that's part of the dream too, is getting such an immediate response. And and I'm the same. You know, if, if I say I'm going to deliver tomorrow, chances are you'll you'll get what I say I'm gonna do. So yeah. um yeah good really good things there. And uh the fourth Death Dealer album is mixed, mastered, ready to go. Oh, right, We're yeah. just waiting for that right time because we I, I've sort of firmly said I'm not putting this album out without touring. Mm -hmm. Um it's just gonna disappear into the ether without any shows. So right, right. Um yeah man, there's there's lots of good stuff going on and um we're just excited. Yeah, because that that's a powerhouse band you got there, you know. And I've been a follower since because I'm a huge fan of uh, Cage, so I know you know. And Shaw's been on the show a few times as well. But uh, that deal, I've been buying all the fan packs and everything that come out when the when they're all released and everything. So, and I just heard the the EP uh, probably at the beginning of this year or whenever that was when uh, actually had Rosta Boss on the show to talk about it. But uh, yeah, that it would be awesome if you guys do some touring and stuff like that. Because I know Sean does some touring with the um, Three Tremors and you know the Cage. Mm. He's actually been out here by my way a few times. But yeah, it'd be nice to see uh, Death Dealer come out. Yeah, well, the first and second album, we did a bunch of touring. We did Europe. We played Moscow. We did a whole bunch of cool stuff. Um, and then the third album got released, and you know um, everyone got busy. Ross right. Ross's uh, solo band took off, and and he was flat out. Sean was real busy with Dennis Sherman at the time. And, uh, you know, there was really no support on touring. And mm. so we've just said, you know what, um, let's just hold off on this album. It's special. Um, everyone think, every band thinks their album's special, but okay. th this one's really cool. So <laughs> let's get it right. Let's go and do some American touring. We're, we're talking with Japan at the moment, and, and oh, wow. I'm trying to get something happening in Australia for the boys too. Oh, wow. Very cool. Uh, you were in the band Dungeon. I didn't. I'm a fan of Dungeon, and obviously you're from Australia. You still live in Australia, right? Yeah, I'm in Sydney. Yeah, just south of Sydney in a place called Ambervale. Okay, cool. Uh, so, how was it being in the band uh, Dungeon? Because I was a big fan of them yeah. too. And now they're dissolved. Wow. So how'd that go? Yeah, dude. Dungeon. Um, what a great time that was. So, for for your viewers, you know that that's about 20 years ago now. Right. which makes me feel very old. <laughs> um, in 2002, I joined a Sydney band called Dungeon, who in at the time, they were kind of the go-to band in Sydney, you know, very popular. Right. And I was super lucky to join that band just as it was on this massive trajectory with, uh, we, we toured with Megadeth through Europe. Um, that's, that's a really fun story. Um, we were playing the three shows in support of Megadeth in Australia. And literally at the last show, David Mustaine comes backstage to me. Uh, I was the only one backstage at the time. He's like, can I talk to your manager? My crew really love your band and we'd love you to come and tour Europe with us. Mm. Um, one of those moments that just, you know, you dream of happening. Anyway, cut forward. Um, you know, two weeks later, we land in Holland. Wow. You know what I mean? And, wow. um, so we did that and a bunch of uh, supports and, and a bunch of Japanese shows. 
an amazing experience. Um, you know, there's some footage up on YouTube for, for you viewers to check out. If you put Dungeon Live in Japan, you can kind of see the band uh, at its peak, you know, and, and an amazing experience. Um, you know, it, it all came to a crashing end at the end of the Megadeth tour with with personalities and whatnot, but um, right. exciting, exciting time. And um, it was the first time I was able to kind of flex as a writer. I'd never written songs really before, and Tim... Uh, really coached me through the writing process and, and an album called One Step Beyond. I've got a copy of it here. Um, you know, there's a fair bit of me on on that album um, from a writing perspective. So uh, that was exciting to to be the first album really that I put out that I was part of instead of just playing solos. Right. Right. Very cool. Yeah, because I've been a fan. I mean, I'm still a fan of Lord. Do you, do you talk to those guys still at all or? You know what, dude, after the dungeon thing, um, it's it's been more sort of casual, hey, how you doing at, at right, gigs right. and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I, I, to be, I think it was a bit acrimonious when, when it all sort of went down and, and right. um, you know, uh, Tim's gone on to be successful with, with Lord and, and that's been great and it's been nice to see. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, no real contact. Yeah, that's just shame but still cool to hear you a part of something you know that you enjoyed doing now here yeah. you, you you work with uh mike laplante a lot uh how do you how do you uh you know what do you think of him because he's, he's another basis that's you know all in twenty thousand different bands the the sweetest guy on the planet yeah. um true professional i think one of the best and i say unknown um one of the best unknown bass players on the planet I think I think he's one of the best bass players alive, right. and people don't really know it. Um, so I, I think in, in this world, uh, you know, with the Billy Sheehan's and, and dudes like that that first come to mind, mm -hmm. um, Mike is equally up there with that. And uh, he's yeah, man. I think the best credit I can give Mike is I'll write a song, I'll put time and effort into it, I'll compose it, we'll get it all done, I'll send him the track, and then what I get back elevates the material wow. I, I could never have thought it would be that good right. like his musicality what he does as a bass player just absolutely provides incredible elements so um you know he's on the arkenstone ep he also appears on one track on our new album with night legion yeah. um i just love the guy he's just the nicest dude and uh yeah total professional you know meticulous and um he's He's a cool guy on the road too, you know. He's a good guy to hang with, right? That's important. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> you don't want to be stuck with some guy you don't like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he's in a, actually in another band. Well, I don't know if he's still in the band. Uh, them, uh, you probably heard of them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he's he plays with them once in a while. So, and I'm friends with the singer, so you know, he's always told me about Michael Plant and how much he thinks he's a great bass player. So, incredible. Yeah. Uh, so you did post a, a song of Empires of Eden, like a remix. So are you planning on remixing that whole thing or is it just <laughs> yeah. the one song? It's funny, man. It's, it's, um, I, I, okay, let me unpack this. There were four albums I released for Empire, Empires of Eden and I didn't call it Stu Marshall's Empires of Eden because, as I said, all the singers wrote all the lyrics and melodies. So it felt like it was more like a band thing. Right, right. Um, to answer your question, ultimately, um, I'd love to remix all four albums. Mm. Um, I also think those four albums, um, it's personal view, they just never got the attention they deserved 
Um, there were some good meaning labels that took them and, and released them, but they they didn't really give them the shot that a label like Massacre would do or AFM or, or Nuclear Blast. So um, I'd, I'm really thinking of taking those four albums, finding the best 12 songs and releasing, you know, I guess it is a best of, but it, it's a best of a, a bunch of albums people don't know about. <laughs> so um, it sounds a little egotistical to go, the best of Empires of Eden, well, people are going to be going, who's Empires of Eden? Right, right. Um, so the answer is yes, I'd love to remix um, the whole lot and, and put them out. And I think when I get a break, you know, a 12-month break, I can dive back in and probably do that, um, you know, that uh, fifth uh, best of kind right. of thing. Right, um, Because, you know, there's some cool, cool stuff like Udo Dirk Schneider sang mm-hmm. a song, Ralph yeah. Sheepers sang a song, wow. Rob Rock. Um you know, uh, Mike DeMeo, who's an incredible melodic rock singer, uh, he, he sang in um, uh, you know, in Riot for a while. So, you know, Jeff Martin from Racer X. Oh, wow. You know, Mike Vassira from Malmsteen. So it, there are all these great vocalists on these albums. I'd really love to find the best tracks and rekindle it because um, I find it hard to listen to some of the early production now. <laughs> I'm sure your production has improved by, since then. Yeah, in fact... Um, while I have remixed it, I would probably go to Monolith Studios with this guy, Chris Thamelka, who's just done Night Legion. Mm-hmm. I'd probably just give it to him to do because, yeah. you know, I, I can, I, I has my production has impro- improved, but he's going to take it to another level that I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I, I would imagine it's kind of hard to like mix your own stuff because you have your thoughts in mind, but uh, somebody else might have it, uh, you know, a better thought in mind what they want it to sound like. And, then it becomes yeah. bigger, you know. So I, I, I totally, totally. totally. My singer, my singer was the same way because he was when we first started our stuff. He's like, maybe I should send it out because I'm having my own, uh, you know, ideas of what I want it to sound like, and maybe it doesn't sound right. But he's doing fine, so we just leave it. What is your uh, like a favorite tour that you've done so far with any any of the bands you've been in? Oh wow, man! Um, you know, the first time you go to Japan, it's the greatest time of all. Like, um, I must admit. That was back in uh, 2002, I think, with Dungeon was the first tour to Japan. You know, packing bags to mm. get on a plane and go and play heavy metal. Amazing, right? Yeah, so, right. and the first time you do that, it's very much, you know, pinch me moment. So I do remember and savouring that that experience at the time was pretty cool. But um, as far as the best tour, uh, the, um, the Death Dealer tour we did of Eastern Europe where we um, – we did an arena run, you know, Serbia. Um, we did uh, Belarus. We did uh, Moscow. We did St. Petersburg. Um, there's some cool footage up on YouTube with that stuff too. So, and they were big crowds and uh, we seemed to win them over. It was really cool. You know, <laughs> you go out going, people don't really know us that much. And right. um, then, you know, you're getting chance at the end. So that was cool. And, we had, you know, different cultures, uh, you know, every day was a different culture. So that was kind of cool for us as well um, to do that. So, yeah, the the uh, Eastern and European tour with with um, Death Deal was awesome. Very cool. Now, since you've worked with a lot of people, is there one person that you do want to work with? Like, there's, there's somebody they have in mind and either can't get in touch with them or hasn't oh, responded? Yeah. or Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's certainly lofty, yeah. but uh, I'd love to write an album um for rob halford oh, you know, okay. 
yeah. I would love to love to compose uh, an album because I think um, obviously Rob is Rob, right? right As right. in, you know, he's untouchable. Right. Um, you know, even even some of the stuff that that people, you know, I think even the two album he released is palatable these days. You know, it was mm. it was shunned back in the day, but um, you know, I think uh, some really cool orchestration and some 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 big dark evil orchestrated sections and some heavy, um, you know. Priest of my band. Priest is my favorite band in the world. Um, but you know, to 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 hear um, some big European Wagner style epic right. uh, music. Um, are you familiar with the uh, Arion stuff? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Cool. I, like the sort of stuff I'm talking about is where um, I think it's called Into the 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 yeah. Wormhole with yes, um, okay. Bruce Dickinson. Bruce, okay. Yep. Yep. That song with Bruce Dickinson's like I still think well, probably one of the best things Dickinson's ever done. Right, um, yeah, because it was, it was you know, different, so, different from what he usually does. So it was kind of cool yeah. to hear him doing something progressive like that. So yeah. Cool. yeah, yeah, and and really expanding, you know, expanding his voice, you know, in, in a way that sits over a darker landscape than just triplet guitars and things like that that people have heard. So, um, you know, that's the dream. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I did write to, to Rob's management many years ago, but like many people, at, uh, you know, I didn't hear back and it was probably uh, reasonably discarded um, right. <laughs> because the guy is a global, global touring phenomenon. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, when is he going to get time to sit down and, and do another solo album? So, um, right. yeah. But anyway, you got to hope. Yeah. Well, maybe one day there's always a chance, right? Can never say no. That's it. Never say never. Yeah. Now, is guitar the first thing that you started playing, or did you play another instrument? Pretty much, guitar was the first yeah. thing for me at a super young age, and then, um, you know, the Ace Freely thing caught me in the seventies, late seventies, and and uh, Thin Lizzy and Sabbath, and um, but yeah, it's I'm primarily a guitarist. I do play bass um, poorly. I'm getting lessons off Michael Upon soon, so he can help me. <laughs> um, but uh yeah mate mostly guitar i i can do all the the keyboard stuff um you know for for writing orchestral parts and things like that so um you know the drum programming uh, all the tools that are at our disposal you know but i'm not a drummer and i'm I'm not a keyboard player so yeah guitars it mate (laughs) that was your family like uh, into music and they got you into music or how did you get into playing guitar yeah um i guess only child and um you know, nothing to do and uh, discovered uh, Kiss. You know, I saw Kiss on TV with Ace Freely and just went, that looks cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then my cousin, I think I was about six, and my cousin had uh, some electric guitars in his house, and it was just like the, the come to Jesus moment for me. And I was like, <laughs> I just couldn't take my hands off it. And he, he generously turned around, he turned to me and just said, just take one, you know. Oh. And so that changed my world to... Um, the obsessive collector that I am now as well. So, right. <laughs> what's the, what's your favorite guitar to use? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I'm a PRS guy. Um, yeah, I'm a PRS in Dorsey. Uh, and at the moment I'm using a, a model called a Tremonti uh, in the studio, which is really the go-to. It's always stable. It sounds amazing. Um, the fit, fit and finish on the PRS is amazing, but um, been a bit of a guitar whore over the years. Um <laughs> I was with ESP for 15 years, uh, oh, wow. and we had a great relationship with ESP Japan. Um, but, you know, yeah, the collections got some nice Jacksons, um, you know, some really nice Les Pauls. Mm. And that's the cool thing about guitars. They all have a different, slightly different palette, not right. just tonally, but 
the one thing I never hear people talk about is the aesthetics. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. They make you play differently. Um, when I play a flying V, I'm not playing clean parts of jazz. I'm I'm writing riffs, you know. Right, or, right. or if I want something that's you know gonna challenge me from a solo perspective to think melodically, I'll grab a Les Paul. Yeah, right. so um, it's cool to grab those different tools for those reasons. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I saw some of the guitars that you posted uh, pictures of recently. I they got some kind of like weird, like uh, puzzle looking design or something on the on the uh, on the guitars. Yeah, uh, I have um, uh, an airbrush artist in Sydney. Uh, who's, um, I can't believe this guy's not world world known yet, but right. uh, Mark Emerson from Hold, uh, Holdfast Airbrushing the airbrushes a lot of my guitars. Oh, okay. So we get some we get some cool um, um, cool airbrushing. I think the guitar you might be talking about is a ESP George Lynch Kamikaze. Okay, uh, that has like a Kamikaze pattern finish that does look very much like a puzzle. Right, sort right. Of, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. he's done like a camo multi camo sort of effect on on a whole range of his and massive George Lynch fan so wow. made sense to to collect some some of his axes. Oh, very cool. Yeah, so, like I said, it's only collection. It looks it's really cool. All right. So um where can people go to find do you have like a website just for Stu Marshall because you got so many bands or how do you how do you work your <laughs> your stuff? How can people Yeah find I think it's stuff? I think it's individually through Facebook, uh, certainly putting in the different bands. If you go to Facebook and put in Arkenstone band or Night Legion band, you'll find us straight away. Um, certainly on my page, you know, Stu Marshall, I'm pretty easy to find. And, um, you know, uh, that way you can get links. Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff on YouTube as well. If you don't want to go the, the social route, you can, um, you know, put in Arkenstone, Night Legion, Death Dealer, and you're going to get a whole bunch of material. Uh, also, too, we're on the streaming platforms like Spotify and stuff like that. I was so. just going to ask you because I know Sean Peck is a huge stickler with the uh, streaming thing now, and he just kind of, you know, limiting the songs that he's putting on streaming and doing the physical releases, which is fine by me because, I, you know, I like mm. the physical stuff. But how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think a blend is important, right? right. So for, for my material, um, you know, I don't, I don't mind it up on, um, Spotify wholly and solely. Um, and, and I respect Sean's view. I think Sean's right when it comes to creating the packs he does, like all those packs are his genius. Yep. You know, tons of value for a very, very little dollar uh, output when you look at what you get. So right. it makes sense if you're going to have these massive packs, um, you know, let's put a couple of songs out and people will make their mind up if they want the pack. Whereas when you're going to a label like Massacre or, um, you know, I think it's cool to be on the socials. The one thing I am confused about are labels and, you know, I, I might be career limiting here, but, um, you know, Metal Blade, on the day of the album, they'll put it up for free, full play on YouTube. And I don't really understand why why they would do that. I think um, I, get, I get there's a, a parallel between that and having it on um, streaming platforms. Like I, right. get, I get it's not that different, but um yeah just doesn't make sense to me to put the whole album up um you know straight away like that from the label uh but anyway um I'm sure but i think sean's onto something yeah yeah i'm sorry to get some revenue i I, I know there's they do get some revenue from it but i, I how much it is i don't know but like you said it's, it's very strange i don't know yeah and the label would be getting that revenue as well you right know, that, so. that, that that's something that um would be would be um, but yeah, look, 
heavy metal's for everybody, man. And here's the thing. Here's the cool thing. You, you listen to the album for, for, you know, the whole thing for free. If you really like it, people are going to buy a shirt. Yeah, exactly. If you've got good merch, people are going to buy it. People are going to come to gigs. Yeah. So, yet, same time, I, I don't really have a problem with it. If I'd rather you be listening to my music than not. Right, exactly, and that's that's the only yeah. thing that we want. Everybody to listen to everybody that to uh, Stu's music and everybody's music. You know, <laughs> keep the music alive and and the, the live shows alive too. So that's, that's it. the only that's thing it. that's going to keep every every all the bands going and everything. So, well, Great. Stu, thank you very much for coming on the show. I had a lot of fun talking to you. Wayne, thank you, mate. I had a ball and yeah. uh, look forward to talking with you again. And thanks for your viewers uh, for, for sticking with us this long. And uh, yeah, um, say good day on the socials. We'll say hello back. Yeah, very cool. And good luck with the Night Legion release. And uh, we will talk soon. All right, mate. Enjoy All yourself. Right. Bye, everybody. Ratsalreview.com. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, look no further than the Ratsaw Review Network. Ratsaw Review is taking over the podcast world with plenty of shows to choose from within their network of entertaining programming, including the flagship show Ratsaw Review with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and Lou Mavs, as well as occasional co-hosts Manny Mejias and James Lilquist. We also have the official Ratsaw Review spin-offs, such as Album vs. Album, Screams from the Grave, where we discuss beloved yet forgotten hard rock and metal albums of the past and a King Diamond podcast called This Broadcast Belongs to Them. We've also got Old Man Metal's Musings, The Right Opinion with Harrison Bergeron, Beyond Bushido, a podcast dedicated to pro wrestling and MMA, with James Elquist and Eric Adams, no relation to the guy from Manowar or the mayor of New York City, The Vieira Vault with Ralph Vieira, Schmackle McGob, to you too, Ralph, the Timo Tolki podcast featuring Stradivarius and Avalon founding member Timo Tolki, The BS Sessions with Mark and Jerry, Just the Cheese, Please, a podcast dedicated to cheesy films of the 1980s with Tara J and Adam. The Friday Night Party with the great Harry Barnett and Evie. And the Music is Life podcast with Lou Mavs. The Ratsaw Review Network is your go-to one-stop shop for the best podcasts out there today. Go to RatsawReview.com for more info. And to find out where you can find, follow, subscribe, and comment on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and all streaming platforms. The Ratsaw Review Network. We're, We're taking over. over.